Chapter thirty eight of the Spanish Brothers by Deborah Alcock. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter thirty eight Nuera again. Happy places have grown holy. If ye went where once ye went, only tears would fall down slowly, as at solemn sacrament household names that used to flatter through your laughter unawares god's divine one ye can utter with less trembling in your prayers e b browning a chill and dreary torpor stole over juan's fiery spirit after the auto the settled conviction that his brother was dead took possession of his mind moreover his soul had lost its hold upon the faith which he once embraced so warmly he had consciously ceased to be true to his best convictions and those convictions in turn had ceased to support him his confidence in himself his trust in his own heart had been shaken to its foundations and he was very far from having gained in its stead that strong confidence in god which would have infinitely more than counterbalanced its loss thus two or three slow and melancholy months wore away then fortunately for him events happened that forced him in spite of himself to the exertion that saves from the deadly slumber of despair it became evident that if he did not wish to see the last earthly treasure that remained to him swept out of his reach forever he must rouse himself from his lethargy so far as to grasp and hold it for now don manuel commanded his ward to bestow her hand upon his rival Signor Luis Rotello. In her anguish and dismay, Beatriz fled for refuge to her kind-hearted cousin, Doña Inez. Doña Inez received her into her house, where she soothed and comforted her, and soon found means to dispatch an escuelita, or billet, to Don Juan, to the following effect. Doña Beatriz is here. Remember, my cousin, that a leap over a ditch is better than another man's prayer to which juan replied immediately senora and my cousin i kiss your feet lend me a helping hand and i take the leap doña inez desired nothing better being a spanish lady she loved an intrigue for its own sake being a very kindly disposed lady she loved an intrigue for a benevolent object with her active cooperation and assistance and her husband's connivance it was quickly arranged that don juan should carry off doña beatriz from their house to a little country chapel in the neighbourhood where a priest would be in readiness to perform the solemn rite which should unite them for ever thence they were to proceed at once to nuera don juan disguising himself for the journey as the lady's attendant doña inez did not anticipate that her father and brothers would take any hostile steps after the conclusion of the affair glad though they might have been to prevent it since there was nothing which they hated and dreaded so much as a public scandal all juan's latent fire and energy woke up again to meet the peril and to secure the prize he was successful in everything the plan had been well laid and was well and promptly carried out and thus it happened that amidst december snows he bore his beautiful bride home to nuera in triumph if triumph it could be called overcast by the ever-present memory of the one who was not which rested like a deep shadow upon all joy and subdued and chastened it 
few things in life are sadder than a great long-expected blessing coming thus like a friend from a foreign land whose return has been eagerly anticipated but who after years of absence meets us changed in countenance and in heart unrecognizing and unrecognized dolores welcomed her young master and his bride with affection and thankfulness but he noticed that the dark hair at the time of his last visit still only threaded with silver had grown white as the mountain snows in former days dolores could not have told which of the noble youths her lady's gallant sons had been the dearer to her but now she knew full well her heart was in the grave with the boy she had taken a helpless babe from his dying mother's arms but after all was he in the grave this was the question which she asked herself day by day and many times a day she was not quite so sure of the answer as senor don juan seemed to be since the day of the auto he had assumed all the outward signs of mourning for his brother fray sebastian was also at nuera and proved a real help and comfort to its inmates his very presence served to shield the household from any suspicions that might have been awakened with regard to their faith for who could doubt the orthodoxy of don juan alvarez while he not only contributed liberally to the support of his parish church but also kept a pious franciscan in his family in the capacity of private chaplain though it must be confessed that the fray's duties were anything but onerous now as in former days he showed himself a man fond of quiet who for the most part held his peace and let every one do what was right in his own eyes he was now on far more cordial terms with dolores than he had ever been before this was partly because he had learned that worse physical evils than olas of lean mutton or cheese of goat's milk might be borne with patience even with thankfulness but partly also because dolores now really tried to con suit his tastes and to promote his comfort many a savoury dish which the fray used to like did she trouble herself to prepare many a flask of wine from their diminishing store did she gladly produce for the kind words that he spake to him in his sorrow and loneliness in spite of the depressing influences around her dona beatrice could not but be very happy for was not don juan hers all her own her own for ever and with the zeal love inspires and the skill love imparts she applied herself to the task of brightening his darkened life not quite without effect even from that stern and gloomy brow the shadows at length began to roll away then juan could not speak of his sorrow for weeks indeed after his return to nuera his brother's name did not pass his lips better had it been otherwise both for himself and for dolores her heart aching with its own lonely anguish and its vague dark surmisings often longed to know her young master's true innermost thought about his brother's fate but she did not dare to ask him at last however this painful silence was partially broken through one morning the old servant accosted her master with an air of some displeasure it was in the inner room within the hall holding in her hand a little book she said may it please your excellency to pardon my freedom but it is not well done of you to leave this lying open on your table i am a simple woman still i am at no loss to know what and whence it is if you will not destroy it and cannot keep it safe and secret i implore of your worship to give it to me juan held out his hand for it 
It is dearer to me than any earthly possession, he said briefly. It had need to be dearer than your life, senor, if you mean to leave it about in that fashion. I have lost the right to say so much, Juan answered. And yet, Dolores, tell me, would it break your heart if I sold this place? You know it is mortgaged heavily already, and quitted the country. Juan expected a start, if not a cry of surprise and dismay, that Alvarez de Menaya should sell the inheritance of his fathers, seemed indeed a monstrous proposal. In the eyes of the world it would be an act of insanity, if not a crime. What then would it appear to one who loved the name of Santillanos Imenaya far better than her life? But the still face of Dolores never changed. Nothing would break my heart now, she said calmly. You would come with us? She did not even ask whither. She did not care. All her thoughts were in the past. That is, of course, senor, she answered if i had but first assurance of one thing name it and if i can assure you i will instead of naming it she turned silently away but presently turning again she asked will your excellency please to tell me is it that book that is driving you into exile it is i am bound to confess the truth before men and that is impossible here but are you sure then that it is the truth sure I've read God's message both in the darkness and in the light. I have seen it traced in characters of blood and fire. But, forgive the question, senor, does it make you happy? Why do you ask? Because, senor Don Juan... She spoke with an effort, but firmly, and fixing her eyes on his face. He who gave you yon book found therein that which made him happy. I know it. He was here, and I watched him. When he came first, he was ill or else very sorrowful, I know not why. But he learned from that book that God Almighty loved him, and that the Lord and Saviour Christ was his friend. And then his sorrow passed away, and his heart grew full of joy, so full that he must needs be telling me, I and even that poor dolt of a cura down there in the village, about the good news. And I think... But here she stopped, frightened at her own boldness. What think you? asked Juan, with difficulty restraining his emotion. Well, Senor Don Juan, I think that if that good news be true, it would not be so hard to suffer for it. Blessed Virgin, could it be aught but joy to me, for instance, to lie in a dark dungeon, or even to be hanged or burned, if that could work out his deliverance? There be worse things in the world than pain or prisons. For where there's love, Senor. Moreover, it comes upon me sometimes that the Lord Inquisitors may have mistaken his case. Wise and learned they may be, and good and holy they are, of course, twere sin to doubt it. Yet they may mistake sometimes. Twas but the other day, my old eyes growing dim apace, that I took a blessed gleam of sunlight that had fallen on yon oak table for a stain, and set to work to rub it off. The Lord forgive me for meddling with one of the best of his works. And for aught we know, just so may they be doing, mistaking God's light upon the soul for the devil's stain of heresy." But the sunlight is stronger than they, after all. Dolores, you're half a Lutheran already yourself, answered Juan in surprise. I, senor, the Lord forbid. I am an old Christian and a good Catholic, and so I hope to die. But if you must hear all the truth, I would walk in a yellow San Benito with a taper in my hand before I would acknowledge that he ever said one word or thought one thought that was not Catholic and Christian too. All his crime was to find out that the good Lord loved him, and to be happy on account of it. 
If that be your religion also, Signor Don Juan, I have nothing to say against it. And as I have said, God granting me in his great mercy one assurance first, I am ready to follow you and your lady to the world's end. With these words on her lips she left the room. For a time Juan sat silent in deep thought. Then he opened the testament and turned over its leaves until he found the parable of the sower. Some fell upon stony places, he read, where they had not much earth, and forwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. There, he said within himself, in those words is written the history of my life, from the day my brother confessed his faith to me in the garden of San Isidro. God help me, and forgive my backsliding, but at least it is not too late to go humbly back to the beginning, and to ask him who alone can do it to break up the fallow ground. He closed the book, walked to the window, and looked out. Presently his eye was attracted to those dear mystic words on the pane which both the brothers had loved and dreamed of her from their childhood. El Dorado, yo he trovado. And at that moment the sun was shining on them as brightly as it used to do in those old days gone by forever. No vague dream of any good, foreshadowed by the omen to him or to his house, crossed the mind of the practical Don Juan but he seemed to hear once more the voice of his young brother saying close beside him look roy the light is on our father's words and memory bore him back to a morning long ago when some slight boyish quarrel had been ended thus over his stern handsome face there passed a look that shaded and softened it and his eyes grew dim dim with tears but just then Doña Beatriz, radiant from a morning walk, and with her hands full of early spring flowers, tripped in, singing a Spanish ballad. Ye men that row the galleys, I see my lady fair, she gazes at the fountain that leaves for pleasure there. Beatriz was a child of the city, and, moreover, her life hitherto had been an unloved and unloving one now her nature was expanding under the wholesome influences of home life and home love and of simple healthful pleasures look don juan what pretty things grow on your fields here i have never seen the like she said breaking off in her song to exhibit her treasures don juan looked carelessly at them lovingly at her i would fain hear a morning hymn from those sweet tuneful lips he pleaded most willingly amigo mio sanctissima hush my beloved hush i entreat of you and laying his hand lightly on her shoulder he gazed in her face with a mixture of fond and tender admiration and of gentle reproach difficult to describe not that for the sake of all that lies between us and the old faith not that rather let us sing together vexio regis prodiunt for you know that between us and our king there stands and there needs to stand no human mediator do not my beloved i know that you are right answered beatrice still reading her faith in don juan's eyes but we can sing afterwards whatever you like and as much as you will i pray you let us come forth now into the sunshine together look what a glorious morning it is End of chapter thirty eight